0: made him a little lower than the angels and has crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. And last week we began to look at that that line that says you have made him a little lower than the angels. And we said the word that was translated angels there in the Hebrew Bible is the word Elohim. And we said, Elohim is the name of God at creation. And so the, 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 the translation we are looking at is one that says, not, only, not that God has made you a little lower than the angels, but he has made you a little lower than God himself. A little lower than God himself. And we said, because this is what the Lord has done for you, that is why when the Bible says our God is a consuming fire, the Bible goes on to say, He makes His ministers what? Flames of fire. So, because it's a consuming fire, you have that attribute from Him that when that which is consumable comes around you, what happens to that? It is consumed. Because He made you a little lower than God Himself. And then we said, Because you are made a little lower than God, but you are also made in the image of God. So whatever you ask in faith, what happens? You receive. Because with the spoken word, with the word of mouth, God created the earth. He said, let there be and there was. You are not creating the earth, but you have the creative power of God residing in you. As a child of God. As one who was made in the image of God. As one who was made just a little lower than God. And so today we continue on that line. Because you were made a little lower than God. So the third point. That is why the Bible says, ye are gods. Is that in your Bible? Psalm 82 verse 6. Psalm 82 verse 6. Somebody there, Psalm 82, verse 6. It says, I have said, ye are God's, and all of you are children of the Most High. You are, ye are God's, and all of you are children of the Most High. When Moses requested for God's way, when Moses, after the children of Israel had sinned, and God said, I will no longer go in your midst. I will send my angel to go with you. Moses said, well, I cannot be satisfied with those angels. I want you to show me the way. And so in Exodus chapter 33, from verse 33, I mean 13 to 14, Exodus 33, verses 13 and 14, Moses said, if I have found grace in your sight, show me thy way, that I may know you, that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. What was his response? He said, my presence shall go with thee. And I will give the rest. When Jesus, in his lifetime, was ministering and was emphasizing our authority as children of God, in John chapter 10, from verse 30 to verse 38, we see where Jesus was making some important pronouncements. He said, I am verse 30, I and my father are one. And brethren, you and I can say the same thing. Amen. Tell somebody, I am my father. We are one. The question here is, who is your father? You remember? Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees. He said, you are of your father the devil. He said, the devil sinned from the beginning. The devil is a liar. When he tells lies, he is being natural to himself. But there is another father. The one that we call our what? Heavenly father. Our father in heaven. That is the one with whom Jesus said we are one. When Jesus came to this world, he came to demonstrate how to be a child of God on earth. When you grasp what Jesus came to demonstrate, then you can stand and say, I and my father, we are who? We are one. Who is that your father? Some people are not sure. Who is your father? Our father in heaven. The living God. The creator of heaven and earth. That's why the Bible says, He has made you a little lower than Elohim. You are one with him. I said you are one with him. I said you are one with him. And in order for Jesus to portray this point, when you go to verse 34 of that passage, he said, Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said, Ye are gods. So Jesus was emphasizing that fact again, that the word of God, the Bible says, You are gods. And then in verse 35, If he called them gods, unto him the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. Tell uh, somebody the scripture cannot be broken. As if you mean, he said, The scripture cannot be broken. So when the Bible says you are God, the Bible means you are what? You are God. Say ye of, whom, of, um, of him whom the Father had sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest because I said I am the Son of God. How many sons and daughters of God are in the house today? Hallelujah. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. The Bible says you are God. He has made you a little lower than Elohim himself, than the creative God, the powerful God, the God that created the heavens and the earth. And that tells you something about the authority and the power that you have. Tell somebody you are powerful. As if you may tell your neighbor, say you are powerful. Now tell that your neighbor, I am powerful. If truly you are God's, and you are sons and daughters of the Most High, then you will do those things that Jesus did. And even Jesus himself said, you will not only do what I did, but what? Greater works. Greater works. And the Father will be glorified, not only in Jesus, but in who? Some people are not sure. Tell somebody, the the Lord will be glorified. In me. Amen. That is what Jesus came to do. Remember I said something. Jesus came here on earth to teach us how to live on earth as the sons of God. He came to show us the way how to live on earth, demonstrating the divine authority. The divine authority that he brought from heaven. John chapter 14 verse 12 to 14. We know that passage very well. John 14, from verse 12 to verse 14. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works I do shall he do also. Maybe if we stop there. He that believeth on me, the works I do shall he do also. Now the corollary is true. Is that not so? He that does not believe on me, what happens to that person? He cannot do the works I do. Now you ask yourself, do I do the works that He did? Do I believe in Him? If I believe in Him, why don't I do the works that He did? If I believe in Him, then my testimony should be His testimony. Hallelujah. If I be, according to this Bible, this passage, He that believeth in Me, the works I do, shall He do also. No wonder when you go to uh, please leave this passage. Don't change it. When you go to Mark chapter sixteen, he said, "Ah, he that believed in me, what are they going? What is going to happen unto them? They will not only speak in diverse tongues. They will drink poison. They will not be poisoned. Tell somebody you will not be poisoned. Tell somebody I will not be poisoned. You cannot be poisoned in Jesus' name." He said, "They will take up serpents. It shall not do what? It shall not bite them." He shall not bite them. Because the nature of God is manifested in their lives. Daniel understood that fact. That was why when they threatened him, as if you continue to pray to this God, you will be thrown to the lions then. He didn't go to pray in secret. He prayed normally, like he always did. And they threw him to the lions then. And he understood. That as a child of God, there was an indestructible nature in him. And that nature is in you. He went to the lions then. They had a vigil together. They as soon as they finished, they shared the grace. Somebody called upstairs and said, Daniel, is your God whom you serve? Was he able to deliver you? I want to ask somebody here today. Is your God able? Yes. Somebody is not sure. Is your God able? Yes, sir. Whatever you are going through right now, you are not facing a life lion before you. If a lion comes in here now, many of us would have gotten into our car and locked it before we start praying. <laughs> then we will see the relevance of the exit that they put in here. Lion, I mean, Daniel did not run away from the lion. He went to the lion's den. He realized that he had the nature of God. He realized that he believed in God. And the works that our God does, we shall do. But Jesus did not stop there. He said, greater works than this shall he do. He said, because I go unto my Father. So before he went to his Father, maybe there were some limitations. But after he went to his father, all limitations were broken. All limitations were removed. Do you know that that's a prayer point for somebody here? To say, Lord, uh-uh. you said when you go to the Father, I will do greater works. Which means there were some limitations I had when you were on earth. If I was here then, but the moment you are ascended to the Father, those limitations are broken. That's what my limitations. They are broken. They are terminated. They are finished. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you leave that boy? Let him play. Amen. Amen. Those limitations were terminated once Jesus Christ went to his father. That's his promise. Amen. That's what he said. Because I go unto my father. Then he said, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son, that the Father may be glorified not only in the Son, but in the, in those that the Bible calls joint heirs. Is there a joint here with Jesus here today? Yes, Lord. Romans, I believe, chapter eight, verse seventeen, right? He said, "We are joint heirs with Him." The Father is glorified in the Son. Who is the Son? Jesus Christ but then you and I we are sons and daughters of God because of Jesus God will be glorified in you God will be glorified in your life you have an assurance of divine presence John chapter 14 from verse 15 to verse 18 John 14 from verse 15 to verse 18 you have an assurance of what? divine presence he said I will go I will pray the father he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you for how long? Forever. 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 Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because the world seeth him not. Brethren, the world did not see him then, and up till now, the world does what? Does not see him. But he's the Spirit of truth. He's the Spirit of the Father. He's the Spirit that walketh in you and I. He's the Spirit of God that is alive. Verse 17 there, he says, you know him, why? Because he dwells in you. So that's that's the question now. Does the spirit of truth dwell in you? Does the spirit of God dwell in you? Does the living spirit of the living God dwell in you? He made a promise, he will not leave us comfortless. And we know what happened in the book of Acts chapter 2, from verse 1 to verse 4. When the day of Pentecost was quickly come, they were together in, with one accord in one place. And suddenly, tell somebody suddenly. 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 That God of the suddenly. Hey. The God that does sudden things. Do. You know, we are talking of this uh, tornado. The whole thing didn't last more than maybe one minute. Oh. <laughs> it was rain. The rain was doing its own thing. Then there was this noise. And that was the noise. Once the noise came, it was over. And then we began to hear the—I mean—the fire truck, the police siren everywhere. And then, when you go to the—I to, mean—to the ground zero of, of the tornado, you see all the devastation. It was—it I mean, was a very brief occurrence. It tells you something about the power of our God, the God of the suddenly. It doesn't take him 24 hours to do what he can do now. And he wants to intervene in somebody's life now. He wants to do a sudden work now. The same way the Spirit of God descended suddenly upon the apostles on that day. And from that day up till now, the Holy Spirit has not gone back. He's still working. He's still doing a new thing. He's still doing great and mighty things. He's still giving you reasons to give thanks. That was why all that the children of Judah did in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 was they began to sing. They began to do what? And as they sang, what did God do? The Bible says the Lord sent ambushments to the camp of their enemies. The camp of your enemies will receive some ambushment today. Amen. All you have to do is just sing and praise and worship this God. Because he wants to visit you. He wants to pay you a divine visit. Because you are made a little bit lower than Elohim himself. Jesus came and said, you are gods." Jesus came and said, those limitations you think you have, there are no limitations. There were only limitations when I was still here on earth. But once I have gone to the Father, once the Holy Spirit has come, Those limitations are over. That's why the Bible says in Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6, it's not by power, it's not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That spirit of God that makes the impossible possible has been released upon you and I. That spirit of God, that power of God, that's what the Bible calls him. In Romans chapter 8 verse 11, the Bible says, if the power of him that raised Jesus Christ, the spirit of him that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, Abides in you. Uh, That spirit that quickened Jesus. The spirit that quickened Jesus. Will quicken your mortal bodies. The spirit that ensured. That Jesus did not stay in the grave. Beyond the allotted time. That is the spirit in you and I. We talk of the rapture we talk of oh in the twinkling of an eye at the moment the trumpet shall sound the dead in Christ shall rise those who are living those of us who are alive then will be done, will be snatched up will be taken up will be raptured who will make all this possible the holy spirit you see one of the problems we have as children of god is we limit the power of the holy spirit we compare the power of the holy spirit with the powers that we have His power is infinite. There is no stopping what he can do. It was the Holy Spirit that not only raised Jesus from the dead, all the 40 days that Jesus was on earth, we only told a few people that he saw, you will agree with me that for 40 days, he saw many, many more that we don't even know. He appeared to many. It was the Holy Spirit that was moving him from one place to the other, from one assignment to the other. It was excuse me it was the holy spirit that took him before the presence of god with the blood that was shed upon the cross of Calvary the blood that was taken into the holy of holies for you and i <coughs> on the mount of olives when jesus was speaking with his disciples it was the holy spirit the bible says as they watched in the book of acts chapter 1 As he was speaking to them, what happened? He was taken up. That was the Holy Spirit. If he could do all that, I mean all those things, is there anything he cannot do in your life? Is there anything he cannot do in your situation? If the rapture does not take place today, we are not talking about the Holy Spirit lifting you up through the sky. Just those minor infringements. Those minor, uncomfortable situations that you find yourself. Those obstacles that are in in front of you that are meant to be your stepping stone. But you are allowing them to hold you back because you don't understand the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. That's my challenge to us this morning, brethren. He said, you are God's. He made you a little bit lower than God himself. You have the power of the spoken word. Why don't you use it to the glory of the living God? Why don't you challenge him by his word? You don't need to be the greatest apostle on earth to raise up the death. Do you realize that? I remember the geo was giving a testimony, as we round up, of a, a grandmother that was called. And they told her, your daughter, at the point of delivery, she couldn't make it. She gave birth to twins. And she died. But it didn't stop there. The twin children that she gave birth to, what happened to them? They also died. In one day, uh, the woman went and took anointing oil, took an handkerchief that the general had prayed on before, went to the hospital. And when she got there, they were taking, uh, they already took the, the, the woman to the mortuary. And they were taking the children there, and she said, Just wait, let me pray for them. And she put the anointing oil in their mouth. Put the handkerchief upon, the, upon them, one by one, and said, you're not going anywhere. Come back to life. And everybody was watching. The first one came back to life. The second one came back to life. Say, where's my daughter? Oh, she's in the mortuary. Say, can I see her? Of course. When they had seen what God had done to those two children, well, then i say she couldn't see their mother. She went to the mother and said, who is going to take care of your children? It's not me. And she gave her the anointing oil prayed upon her with the handkerchief, and the mother came back to life. Now, what is the point I'm trying to bring out? The general of said, he said, I am the G.O. I am the one that prayed on the handkerchief. I have not met three people from death in one day. He said, but that grandmother, because she understood her authority, because she realized that the Holy Spirit of God in me can do and undo, she raised three people from death. By the power of the living God in one day. I want to challenge somebody listening to me today. That situation you think is impossible. It's not impossible. It is not only possible, it is doable. God is intervening in that situation right now. Your fire that has been hidden is coming to the forefront right now. Your helper that has forgotten you is remembering you right now. The email they are supposed to send on Sunday, they will send it today. You will get that email today in the name of Jesus. Because you are God. You have the spirit of the living God in you. You have the power of the living God in you. Begin to make pronouncements. Open your mouth and begin to to speak some prophetic words into your life. Begin to speak prophetic words into your life. You know your situation. You know the limitations you are contending with. Begin to prophesy. Because the spirit of the living God is in you